but my, I, I had, as you said, I was studying political science and I was into the whole kind of idea of trying to understand the world we live in, power structures, analyzing, deconstructing, figuring out stuff. And when I was watching porn, uh, I had this feeling that my body did like it. My body didn't react to it. I felt, you know, horny. I felt good. But at the same time, my brain didn't like it. I didn't like what I was looking at. So I was kind of upset with myself. Hmm, why am I, you know, why am I reacting uh, in a positive way to something that I don't really like? And I couldn't stop thinking about that. So uh, for me, it was a conversation starter I had with lots of people. And it became pretty clear that most my most of my friends, most of my male friends, they had a very easy time with porn. They used it in their life. They liked it. It was no, no, no doubt for them. Whether most of my female friends, they had a very similar situation to mine. Something didn't really work out. Some liked it, some didn't like it, you know, but there was kind of trouble. Something didn't work. Welcome to the Happy Bear podcast. I'm Dave. And I'm Steve. And this week we have an incredible conversation and I'm going to go straight out and just say it porn. You didn't say that, Steve, did it's you? It's a word that's deeply stigmatized. And even before this conversation, I felt really nervous and kind of, you know, just a bit concerned. I'm going to be talking about porn publicly. This is, this is something this is that I'm worried weird. about. This, uh, how is this going to perceive that? However, one in three searches globally are searching for porn. Porn, whether we like it or not, is pervasive and it's seen as something that's shadowy and dark and we shouldn't do it yet so many people do turn to it and due to the lack of education in schools in terms of sex education many teenagers dare i say most teenagers turn to porn for their sex education which is never what it was intended for today's conversation is with erica lust a swedish lady living in barcelona that is an incredible voice for change she is a director of adult erotic movies which are more based from the female gaze. She's all about inclusivity and about catalyzing a much more positive conversation around sex and the erotic movies and the films that are pervasive about there. Uh, incredibly articulate, genuinely one of my favorite conversations. I was worried about this one and it was genuinely one of my favorite conversations I've had during this podcast. She's an articulate, smart, brave woman that is catalyzing a conversation that is so, so, so important. This is so important in the field of sex positivity and inclusivity and really something that needs to be brought more into the light. So I really, really hope you enjoy this one. Before we go into this one, we want to tell you about something fantastic. Stephen. Okay, if anyone has high cholesterol, blood pressure, is feeling a bit stuck and kind of wants to experience change, we have a possible solution for you. We genuinely do. So we've got online courses, you may or may not know. They get incredible results. We've got our happy heart, our good health revolution, happy shape, happy skin. And they all came out of the idea of what will happen if we put people on a plant-based diet and get them to form healthier habits. And they get incredible results. We've now had more than 50,000 people through them in more than 120 different countries. And at the moment... For the end of November, we have a sale on. We're doing them all for 100 euro off. They're typically 150 euro. So they're only going to be 50 euro. That's 66% off. You can buy now and start in January. They work great as a Christmas gift. And uh, we've partnered with medical experts such as consultant gastroenterologists, cardiologists, bariatric GPs, uh, dietitians, psychologists. Where can I find out more about this, Steve? Thehappypair.ie. Beautiful. Great. Right. Without further ado, we give you this week's episode with the wonderful Erica Lust. Really hope you enjoy it. And how do you... <clears throat> so I've got both my daughters and we grew up in Catholic Ireland where it was, you know, 
sex it was negative, a sex really. negative culture definitely and probably I think you're a similar vintage to us, us so the culture back then wasn't you wouldn't call it sex positive in the vast majority of communities that people grew up in so I'm wondering like for you with your daughters how how do you kind of proactively cultivate a sex positive attitude within your children well for me I guess it's a lot about talking to them from the beginning being very honest and very open and not hiding kind of subjects and I would say kind of taking advantage of situations of start you know using situations that arises and start talking about about sex from different perspectives so that's kind of what I've been doing from the beginning but actually if we're talking about about backgrounds you know I am Swedish and I was brought up in in quite a positive community I have to say I even had you know the advantage of when I went to school having sexologists coming into our schools talking to us about sex and not only about you know reproductive health and about all the risks and all the dangerous things that can happen when you have sex but actually talking about you know emotion emotional aspects of sex and 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 what it feels like you know looking at someone that you feel attracted to and 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 I think that that really really helped me me in not being afraid of it not feeling that it was something that I kind of had to to feel ashamed about and that I couldn't share with with my peers and with people around me but I I have kind of always been been in a community where we could have conversations about sex and I think that that's kind of what I have tried to bring into my own personal life and to to their upbringing and and the the kind of the sad thing maybe uh, from from my point of view and what I see is that here in Spain and here you know I live in Barcelona a very modern city and I do live kind of in a, in a sex positive community so people around me are having are sharing the same kind of values that I have but then I do see the school system and it is not where it should be still today uh, I have been you know a force kind of an activist in the schools of, of my children and I've been talking you know to 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 the principals and to the, the teachers etc and and been asking from the beginning about their attitude towards sex and and their sex education and programs and so on and it's hard it's hard because they still don't have the kind of the budget and the knowledge to have the kind of conversations that I think that they need to have. So it's obvious to me that even if we have some kind of sex positive bubbles in, in the world we live in today, still the, 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 the mainstream society, most of our, our school systems, they are far from where they should be. And it's obvious that the kids are curious about sex. They want to learn about sex. They want to know about their, their kind of their own uh, sexual identity and how to relate to other people and they are curious and that's very natural and of course if the school system is not there for them and their parents in many 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 families are not there for them what do they do well they do the obvious they turn to the internet and we all know as you know well-formed kind of adults we know that the internet is full of sex full of porn full of free tube sites 
that are out there and that invite not only adults, but young people also to, you know, with just one click without, without, you know, having to put in a credit card or, or whatever, uh, they can uh, see, uh, you know, what, whatever sexual experiences that they are looking for or not even looking for. And, and that's a reality. So really pornography has become sex education to this generation of, of children and young people, teenagers, et cetera, growing up, uh, whether we like it or not. You know, it was never it was never meant to be this the way. I think that most people making porn, they never really sat down and started to reflect about, oh, my God, my work is going to be seen by all these people and it's going to have an impact on their life. You know, that's that's not really how this industry works. Most people who are in the in the in the porn industry, in the adult industry, they are uh, making adult entertainment for adults. They are not thinking about the, the sex education aspects of their work. Or even thinking about the, sec- the societal impact of porn. As you no, said, porn no. has become education to so many people. And yet it's education of this fantasy, unrealistic portrayal of what sex, sex mm-hmm. is performance as opposed to intimacy and connection. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of almost this miss, this like kind of. A fabricated story that's untrue, which is kind of really, uh, especially I'm I'm a father of a daughter and two two sons, and I feel frightened. <laughs> you know, just the sense of them becoming teenagers and you know suddenly getting a digital device and suddenly having access to it. I think I was listening to something where they were saying most kids look at porn from the age of ten or see porn no, so for the first look, time. I think stumble across it. Yeah, because it's just so pervasive and it's free. Well, it did- we, we, we are not going to be naive and we are not going to be innocent. This depends on every case, obviously, but it's true what you're saying. We are giving them online access. We are giving them screens, mobiles, iPads, computers, televisions, etc. from a very early age. And what we really see today is it's not even 10. It's from eight years old, more or less. Some stumble upon it. Some didn't even look for it, but just were doing, you know, a search of something related to Harry Potter and his wand. And they end up somewhere where they were not supposed to go. And I even heard some some uh, uh, a friend of mine who were talking about a recipe. She was looking to do a pie and then she started to think about cream and she was looking for a cream pie. And where do you think she ended up on the internet, you know? (laughs) And this is kind of the reality for lots of people. But then also, obviously, many young people are actively looking out to find information about sex and to figure out how are people actually doing it? What is sex? How, how, what does it look like? Who is doing it? And, and they have, they have questions. They have many, many questions. If, and if nobody is answering all these questions, everybody's kind of putting their head in the sand and saying, mm, I don't know. And, and many adults, they do this, not because, you know, they do it because they honestly, they don't feel secure about their own sexuality. They don't, they, maybe they didn't have the sex education that they should have had when they were younger. And they don't know how to have these kind of conversations. So for me, uh, you know, as I am working in this field, uh, it is very important to talk to people and to help people uh, in their kind of 
communication. And I had I had so many, many, many conversations with other parents, you know, coming up to me and say, hey, Erica, you know, you you do this kind of films, you know about this, like, what can I do? What should I do? How am I supposed to talk to my kids about this? So uh, me and, and and my husband, we were talking about this. And then we decided that it was time to kind of to create a, a project. Uh, and we created a site online. It's a nonprofit. It's called the porn organization dot uh, org. And it's 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 a site where we put up a lots of different kind of resources and articles and videos and people talking about how they are having these conversation with with their kids and there's also you know uh, some pdf guides that you can download to your computer depending on the age group of your kids because obviously it's not it's not the same conversation if there are eight to 11 or if they are you know 16 or 17 those are two different realities uh, and and lately um together with a sexologist uh, we have also created curriculum around sex and sexuality because we we realized how important it is to find accurate information yeah, it really is. Like as a parent, I'm kind of, you're a bit like, you know, the way the nature of being a parent is you don't get a, an instruction book or a how to book. You have to kind of keep asking other people and kind of when people say, okay, sex positive. Okay, well, I must talk to the girl, like my daughters. And I'm like, uh, you know, girls, if you're, if you have any questions about sex, like, please, you know, I can, I can come talk to me or whatever. And I've had this conversation with them a number of times and they tend to giggle and snigger and kind of, and, and, and I can have to say, hey, listen, sex is completely normal. Like every human that exists is a product of sex. Like it's just, a natural part of life like it really is it's like eating it's you know it's a natural part of it so it's you know it's to almost destigmatize this sniggering kind of aspect of it and the kind of below the table and I have a question and, and it's quite a big question but I'd love to just understand your thoughts on it like why as a society do we find it so hard even coming on to have this conversation with you I felt a little nervous we're going to talk about porn oh wow <laughs> I wonder mom will be listening should I actually be you know this type of thing but why do we as a society find it hard to talk about things that are in the shadows but yet are such a part of the human experience but it's you know it's been around for a while now this kind of sex uh, panic or sex uh, nervousness that people are having and and i think there are funny stories kind of in history if you go back and look at different times and and, and what happened because obviously we had other cultures in the past who were a lot more open towards sex and who was seeing it as something quite positive and normal and 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 different kind of sexual relations between you know men and men or women and women etc and and then we kind of get into a period uh, in in you know with the Victorian era and and really if if you if you look at the moment where this English men this uh, kind of rich white English men went down to to Italy and you know they were gonna see what had happened with Pompeii and this volcano who had erased the whole culture and then they started looking for details and they were astonished when they found you know all this this erotic art that was out in the open and they, they started to realize that oh my god that was that was really part of the culture and it was totally accepted and their first reaction was to hide it 
So what did they do? Well, they brought it back to England and then they put it in a secret museum and they said, we have to hide this. We cannot show this, you know, to the poor people and to the children and to the women, because if they see this, they are going to go crazy. So there you have a kind of fun little anecdote, but that tells quite a lot of this this attitude that also men and, and especially white rich men have had in the past of kind of, you know, having their sexuality to themselves and seeing it as something that they could enjoy and they could find pleasure. It's the same story if we look at, at the world of bordels who were using the, 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 the bordels, right? The brothels. Um, you know, me using French words here. Uh, What's a um, brothel? Um, a brothel. Oh, I didn't quite understand it. So. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's, you know, many languages running in my head and sometimes I, 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 I can't find the right word. Uh, but, but, but that's all, also a world, a world that was very masculine and was very reserved for a certain, you know, group of people. Even if in these places there was also a, a kind of rich cultural life you know with people playing music and dancing and conversations being held etc but 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 created for a certain group and if we look at our modern society today we can still see lots of these values going on because you go on on social media and you can see a, a, a total vision of social kind of of a, of a biased banning attitude towards what is seen as sexy and erotic and what is accepted and what is not accepted and it's it's very clear especially to 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 me and to other people who are working kind of in the sex community whether we are talking about performers or we are talking about educators uh, but people that has anything to do with sex it is very difficult to in public on social media express any kind of 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 sexuality from a female point of view but if you go back to what is accepted in society that is the the vision you know of a big breasted uh, bikini girl then that image that objectified image of, of, of female sexuality, that is 100% accepted. But as soon as it's our vision, and for example, with body hair, we have clearly seen it. If you have a woman with a bikini, well, you can see some of her body hair on her body. That image is going to be censured in five minutes. And this is the reality we live in. So I think it's extremely important also that that men who are in a position of privilege see this and can talk about this and understands, you know, how sexuality is seen from others' point of view. Amazing. Because it, it's almost like, uh, like at the root of the, you know, the, like the patriarch, we live in a patriarch and part of the kind of, I, I think, Certainly when I think of porn, like porn tends to always be from the male perspective. And as you said, this tends to be a lot of people's education. Yeah. So that there tends to be a male centered perspective. Whereas do you see a female perspective starting to arise and that kind of journey more into pleasure and that type of thing? 
I definitely do. I, uh, you know, I made my first short film 2004. So I've been around for a while and I've seen how this industry little by little uh, is developing and evolving into something that is uh, more diverse and where new people from different kind of perspectives are starting to have a voice. But at the same time, as that is a reality, I can also assure you that most of the porn that's out there on the internet is made by men for men. And that the idea uh, that that I kind of how how women are being portrayed and also how men are being portrayed, but especially how women are being portrayed is as some kind of beautiful object, some kind of vehicle to male pleasure and male sexuality. And very few times the story is actually from our point of view. And I am strongly believing that if more women and others, you know, I'm not only talking about women here because I think it's very important to have a bigger perspective. And obviously we need a lot of female voices, but we also need LGBTQI plus voices. We need more pork people. We need people from different realities and different backgrounds telling their stories through this media that in this case is pornography. And I know that for many people, this space can be a little scary because people have such a negative perception of pornography in general. You know, pornography has this kind of double double face, you know, where people are looking at it during late hours at night when nobody knows what they are doing. And at the same time, in front of other people, they are criticizing it and telling people that porn is bad, you know, and that it's not something that you should enjoy, but then they do it anyhow. And I think that that we need to kind of stop this hypocrisy. I think that we can, that I think that porn can be both. I think that porn can be good and porn can be bad. I don't think that it's entirely one thing or the other. I think that it's uh, just a media. It's a type of film where we are portraying sexuality and uh, that you can do that with whatever perspective you have as a creator. So for me, for example, it has been very, very important to tell stories that feel truthful to me, that feel relatable to me where I can see you know my characters uh, being uh, real in the aspect of, of feeling like real people you know not being and especially I want you know the women to have their own agenda to be there because of their own pleasure because they want to be there I want to see my characters in my film having you know a great moment together because that's how I see sex. I see sex as something, you know, where we are living a wonderful thing together. It's not something where one person is pleasing the other and that's it. Uh, and I think that it's extremely important to show to people situations where you can relate to the female pleasure, where it's not only four minutes of heavy 
kind of you know penetration and then she comes and everybody is super happy and you know as a audience you know that it's completely false and you can think you know relate to it in any way uh but you know if if we as women if we see other women having what as at, at maybe it's real pleasure or maybe it's simulated pleasure but at least it looks real you know to us where we can see women using their own hands or you know their lover's hands or 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 toys to help you know to have some kind of tutorial stimulation i think that for so many young women growing up today that would be uh, a huge help in not feeling that there's something wrong with them because this i hear all the time you know young women coming up to me wanting to talk to me and telling me erica you know i think something is wrong with me and my body because you know i'm 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 having sexual relationships with men and i i can't come i can't orgasm and my body's not reacting and why is that well many times it's because they learned of sex from the pornography that they've seen online and they think that that is how it should be done and that kind of sex uh, is not stimulating them in 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 a real physical way Totally wow, agree. Geez, Your perspective great. is so refreshing. Uh, really, really. You're good. very good at speaking about this. I'm really enjoying listening. Thank you, Erica. Uh, one thing that, uh, how did you get into this? Like, how does I, I think you studied political science, wasn't and it? Then and then you then, said your first movie was in 2004. Like, uh, like how how do you like? It doesn't seem like when we, you know, the, it doesn't seem like the the person when you were leaving school, like, oh, you could make female, you could make kind of it, movies, you could movies. make adult movies. Like it, it was never kind of an option, which when you went to the career path guidance teacher in school, they said, well, Erica, there's an opening here in the so adult. Our, so our question is, how did you get into this? <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's a good question. And it's uh, maybe there's a long answer, but let's try to make yeah, it yeah. a uh, short one because there's so much else. So, so I, I, I think, honestly, I think it all started kind of at university. You know, I was a young person, a young woman trying to find out who I was and what I liked and who my own sexual identity. And I watched porn, as many people do growing up, you know, especially women who many times starts watching porn because of a boyfriend who kind of gets you interested in it, who wants to have a look at it. And, and, and why? I mean, to have a good time or to learn something or to pick up a few tricks, so, you know, that's kind of the, 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 the context, the situation where you normally start looking at it. Or at least, you know, when I was growing up, because here we also have to remember that I was born in 77, so I'm already 44. And when I grow up, there was no internet as we know it today, you know. So my first time with porn was, you know, a video cassette. The second time was a DVD. Uh, so it was a lot more difficult to find it. But my, I, I had, as you said, I was studying political science and I was into the whole kind of idea of trying to understand the world we live in, power structures, analyzing, deconstructing, figuring out stuff. And when I was watching porn, uh, I had this feeling that my body did like it. My body did react to it. I felt, you know, horny. I felt good. But at the same time, my brain didn't like it. I didn't like what I was looking at. So I was kind of upset with myself. Hmm, why am I, you know, why am I reacting uh, in a positive way to something that I don't really like? And I couldn't stop thinking about that. 
So uh, for me, it was a conversation starter I had with lots of people. And it became pretty clear that most my most of my friends, most of my male friends, they had a very easy time with porn. They used it in their life. They liked it. It was no, no, no doubt for them. Whether most of my female friends, they had a very similar situation to mine. Something didn't really work out. Some liked it, some didn't like it, you know, but there was kind of trouble. Something didn't work. So I started to think about that and I uh, found a wonderful book by a film professor called Linda Williams. Uh, the book was called uh, Hardcore, The Frenzy of the Visible. And in this book, she kind of explained pornography, not only as as you know as porn as what we know but as actually as a discourse of sexuality and of masculinity and femininity and as a film genre somehow and i thought that that was extremely interesting and i realized through that book that that porn was actually mass media because so many people were looking at it and look today there are even more people looking at it so if it was mass media back then today it's multi-mass media uh, and that it had an impact on society and that's kind of how I started to think about it so for me I, the questions I started to ask myself was can I make it differently is there a way of making you know this kind of good feeling I get from porn can I do that with good values with the values that I would like to put into a film and then life kind of you know happened and I moved down to to Barcelona I did Erasmus in Madrid for a while and then I ended up here and I you know didn't really know what to do in life and you know how it is you have to earn money uh, to find uh, a place to live and to eat food and uh, uh, the rest of it and I I had friends working in uh, in advertising they were doing uh, you know uh, for production companies and I had a driving license and I got my first job as a driver really you know I was going to the airport picking up performers taking them to their hotels and to the set and I was learning little by little how kind of the production world worked and then uh, I was good at it and I started to advance and and I, you know, from, from just being a driver, I became, you know, production assistant, production manager, producer, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I had this, this, this idea back in my head that I also loved cinema and that I would love to do something with it. And I started to take some classes and I had an opportunity to make a short film. And when I, I sat down and thought about what kind of film do I want to do, I kind of went back to those thoughts I had had at university, you know, when I was uh, thinking about pornography. And I said to myself, let's see if I could do kind of an erotic film. I started to think about an erotic film, but then little by little I said, but it could actually show explicit sex. Why not? You know, and and I played with that idea, and I wrote a script to a short film called The Good Girl, and I uh, I, I put my money in the game, and I made the film, and uh, and then. Then I started to show it to some people, some friends, and people loved it. And people were saying, hey, Erica, I see what you mean now. And I sent it to a few festivals. I won a few awards. And then uh, I decided, because I didn't know how to, what I could do. This was an experiment. It wasn't a career. It wasn't a way of, you know, really earning money or anything. It was, you know, my personal kind of experiment. But then uh, this was 2004 and internet 
uh, had, you know, blogs were very popular and I started my own blog and I started to talk about sexuality and feminism and pornography and these things. And I put up the film on the blog for free for people to, you know, download and watch. And in just a few weeks, I had had millions of downloads and people were, you know, writing and they were like, wow, this, this is different. I love it. I see it. When are you going to do more? You have to make more. And that's, that's basically how it all started. Wow, wow, what a cool story. <laughs> Eric, I You are so that. brave. That is so brave. It really is. Like, I can't imagine that kind of decision-making process of going, like when you're thinking of making an erotic movie and then you go, could I show explicit sex? And that I can't imagine what it's like sitting there kind of going, oh my goodness, what will my parents think? Or what will society think? Or thank God I live in Barcelona and these yeah. new friends are much more accepting of me or, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, I think you're right there with everything you said. And 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 yes, my mother didn't like it. She was not a fan of the idea of me starting to do this. And little by little, of course, she has came to accept it, you know, and she understands and she sees kind of, you know, the different endorsement I have from the world and from media and from festivals and from universities, etc. And she does now. I think she's she's proud in her way, but still. We have to remember that it is a very stigmatized uh, industry and that people have uh, all the prejudices in the world about what I am doing. You know, that for most people, porn is what they find on all these free tube sites online and they see it as something quite misogynistic and aggressive, even racist and very not tasteful kind of uh films and they, that, that's that's what they have in mind when they think about pornography but from my point of view I think that pornography can be so much more than that and I think that we really have a possibility here of of creating wonderful beautiful uh, diverse films about you know diverse sexuality of different kind of of angles and i think that there's lots of 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 positiveness in watching other people having great sex together and seeing how they are communicating and how they are you know talking to each other and i i mean from the debates of the last years in our society we know the importance of of learning more about uh, a language that is kind of consent inclusive that helps us to communicate with a partner what we like and what we want and how we want it and we know the importance of of you know seeing people doing that because if you don't see people doing that how are you going to learn how to do that i mean that they, they can have the 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 positive the, the, the concept of, of giving, you know, a positive, overwhelming consent to the things you want to do. I think that is a very important message for people. And in the movies, do you kind of make an effort to kind of go, and I love the way you call it a film, which is very different, because as you said, the word porn is so stigmatized that even kind yeah. of, I think the way you're redefining it is incredible. Like I really do. I have so much admiration. And I wonder, um, my question was there in, in the movies, do you kind of like make an effort to make sure and capture that there's consent that someone says, I want to do this. I don't like that. Let's do that. You know, to kind of make it more real as opposed to just, as you said, male perspective, friction based. And then the woman goes, oh, that was incredible when it's not really relatable at all. Yes, I do that. I really try for, you know, from my performers to have that dialogue, not just 
between themselves behind the cameras, which is obviously very important, but also in front of the cameras with the audience, you know, so they can get this whole idea of how they are communicating with each other. I think it's extremely important. It's something that many people feel so uncomfortable with. They don't know how to, they don't know how to use a, a kind of a, an open sexual language with other people because they have kind of bought into the idea that that it's sexy if it just happens. You know, kind of that you just look at someone and then you know, and then you, because we've seen this in Hollywood so many times. It's the Hollywood vision of how sex works, right? Yeah. They say nothing to each other. It's just, you know, it's passionate from moment number one. And then it's the next day and they're under, you know, the, the, the sheets in the bed kind of, and you don't see anything. You don't hear them. You just, you know no and people have have, they have bought into that idea and i think we need to kind of break that idea and we have to show people how it should be done yeah you're so brave i really really do believe that can can i ask about like say approximately about a third of all searches online are now for porn so it's something that's really prolific in our society and and And, even when you say that even when you say that i wonder do more people watch porn than watch netflix Probably. Like, you know, the way like that could be the reality yet. You know? Yeah, I would say I, I would say definitely. Um, but why is porn free and how has it become to be free? Because I know when we were growing up, I remember the first time I encountered porn, I was in school and someone came in with a magazine. I was like, oh, my God, what is this thing? Like, you know, I'd never seen it. It was like, wow. Whereas nowadays, like anyone with a smartphone can just log on free bump and it's just there. Like, how has it come to be free and so prolific? Well, it's not, to start with, it's not free. Even if it's offered for free online, it's not free. It's obviously cost money to make it, et cetera. But what is happening is that many of these platforms, they are, have been during many years, stealing content from content producers and they have put it out there to the world without having people paying for it. There is I mean, it's kind of a long story how this company, because there's one company, one big company in the porn world called MindGeek. Uh, if you look for them online, you will have a feeling that this is a tech company because the only words you will find on their websites are kind of tech solutions, etc. But they are the, <laughs> the biggest porn company in the world. Uh, they were the ones who kind of started to gather film clips, uh, porn film clips and put them uh, out on these tube sites format online for everyone and then when kind of the 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 adult industry collapsed because of all these kind of free content uh, they started little by little to buy up the companies in in the adult industry so they became owners of most of the adult industry and they are owners of most of the tube sites that you can probably mention by name we don't have to mention them but we i know their names and you probably know their names you know uh and uh, and obviously like in other businesses 
they are not really different from you know big pharma or big fashion or big data or or big food you know this is a big company who who are interested in in traffic in uh, money in power etc they are not out there to show the world the most the most you know beautiful uh, diverse vision of human sexuality but the same goes for big food you know they are not there to make products with the best nutrients uh, with the least cruelty they can you know uh, create in the world those are not their uh, their ways of operating you know so i think that as consumers we need to be aware of how the market works uh, so uh, I think that it's also important for us to realize that as consumers, we are part of the porn industry because I think that many, many people are saying that it's the producers and the people in in kind of working in the industry who are the industry, but it's not true. It's also the consumers. So if you are one of those people going on these tube sites during late hours at night or daytimes or whatever, you are part of this industry. And with your time and your clicks and your attention, you are showing the, the world and you are showing these companies where the, the values that you put into it. So for me, uh, a way of kind of, of changing porn culture would be to ask people to become more responsible consumers, you know, the same way as many people have understood the last, you know, the last decade, how the food industry works and how, you know, how, how we need to change the way we are eating if we want to change the industry. The same way we need to work when it comes to pornography, you know, if we want if we want to support the people who are actually working in the industry, we need to start paying for a porn. We need to look for the, the websites that we are visiting, if they have an about page, if we can learn anything about this company, about the people working, about the directors of the films or the producers or the performers. Can we watch a making of? Can we see an interview? Can we listen to what values and how they actually work and, and how they, you know, how they operate? Uh, and... In the end, it's all it's it. We come back to kind of the, the same way, right? If we want a better society, we need to become better people. All of us. We need to help each other in this. We need, you know, a, a slower society. We need to respect the people who are working. We need to be more responsible in our decisions. Wow, Jeez, I love that. Jeez, your message is so important because I've never heard of anyone ever talking about, you know, the consideration <laughs> of, you know, we'll often say that with food that like, you know, politics starts on your plate. Like what you choose to eat is the very industry that you are supporting. And yet porn is seen as just this quick fire, just, ah, oh, sure, I'm going to have a look and bump, done. You know, and that's, even that's when you're saying about listen to people being interviewed, performers in it or the values within it, I can't imagine that like you're creating, you are catalyzing a conversation that is completely new. It really is is like like your bravery i admire hugely are there many more women involved in you know the the, the production the creation from the female gaze i think the word is i'm learning that's great i love i love i love that you're saying that because it's exactly what it's about it's the gaze it's who's behind who's creating who's seeing who is 
you know, uh, who is doing. And that is what we are changing. Uh, in my company here in Barcelona, we are m- many, many women working. And in my productions, I normally have around 90% women on my set. And the, because I am not the only director uh, doing the films for my for my different sites and my projects, but we are supporting especially female and as I said before, uh, pop directors, uh, uh, LGBTQI people, etc. Because we need all these different perspectives, and and the way we are changing it is is really by you know creating the, the the films that we would like to see because they are not out there and i know that so many women will will you know will listen to me saying that and feeling the same that they can't really find the films that they would like to watch and 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 then i think that for many men it's very also important to understand also that 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 when they go on these tube sites and they see because most of most of them who are surfing around porn they don't even read you know the the taglines or or the names of the videos they are just looking at some content and you know and you know how people are consuming porn today because so many people do it without any kind of conscience they do it it's kind of like eating a bag of potato chips you know it's a kind of fast food style and they open up uh, window after window on their browser and and they just want impact 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 but it's not really about a quality time with yourself and and you know feeding your own erotic mind and and taking time to you know to be with yourself which i think that it kind of should be about uh and um oh i don't know what what i wanted to say but but yes now i know uh no i was thinking about the female gaze you know and and i see the difference because i have worked also with 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 men behind the camera and wonderful men and men who are really good filmmakers and and everything but there is a tendency there especially if i work with heterosexual men they are gonna you know their footage they are going to film the woman. They are going to film her and her expression and her body because they find that image, the most beautiful image in front of the camera. And when I'm changing, you know, the camera operators and I have more women behind the camera, that changes because the women are starting to see other kind of images that they find interesting. So we are stopping having just kind of, you know, the male penis and the female body as the two main things that you are seeing. Instead, you are starting to actually see the male body. You are seeing his expressions. You are seeing, you know, his eyes. You are seeing his body. You are seeing, you know, other things that are attracted. They're almost trying to capture the connection, you know, because that's often one thing, you know, connection, I think, is at the center of the sexual experience. Yet in porn, it's very much gymnastics and a physical kind of physical activity, a performance, whereas the the human like sex seems to be the the playground of insecurities and intimacy. You know, intimacy. It's the absolute bedrock of intimacy. Yet in porn, it seems to be just people just, you know, it's, it's like going it's, to the gym. Yeah. Because because it is many times, but you know this is kind of the the fast again the fast food concept. And I I mean of course you can have fast food one day. It's not bad. It, it, it can be great. You know it's okay. Have it if you want it. You know. But 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 then if you want kind of a quality diet, you're gonna have to you know to eat some different ingredients, etc. You're gonna have to you know to to. Uh, uh, 
to to see the bigger picture you can't you know you can't have pancakes every day it's it's not gonna be good for you in the end you know and I, I see that and then also with the films that I create that of course there are films that that people might you know like more in the audience and that are more commercially kind of accepted but at the same time I am I'm not like the tube sites I'm not a computer I'm not looking at algorithms you know that's not who I am I'm looking I'm looking to create a quality product and if I'm going to do this it's the same as you know when I'm feeding my kids it's not going to be pancakes every day because I want them to see different you know different uh, foods and different possibilities of 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 eating or consuming or you know yeah. the inputs they are having in their life and on that note i i know that you're kind of interested in plant-based foods and you're that's you know you're interested from many different perspectives could you like i i can't really there doesn't seem to be a, a you know food and and porn and ethical you know production of it don't seem to go hand in hand but you're looking I, for a nice segue, i'm looking for some it, way to marry them because i know food is it's it's what we it's the two things we need to survive you know as a species we need to eat and we need to fight. <laughs> yes. There's a good segue. Tell us about what you eat and plant-based food and how you're, how you're integrating that into your work. Well, you know, for, for, for me, for me, food is, is everything. I love the food. I always have since I was, you know, a young kid. My, my mother always starts telling stories about me and she's always so proud because she said I always ate everything, you know. But, but for me, it became very clear uh, it's uh, four years uh, ago where I kind of switched to a plant-based diet because I suddenly started to see the world from a new perspective, from a different perspective. You know, I hadn't realized before that really how the industry worked. I was, you know, happy eating the normal things that I was normally, you know, uh, that I had been doing for 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 most part of my life, and then suddenly it became clear to me and I was almost upset with myself to realize kind of why have, hadn't I seen it before? You know, it felt to me like, 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 you know, when, when you, when you're having the, the, the conversation with yourself and you say, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a smart, intelligent person. Why, why was this not part of my horizon? Why was I not aware of what was actually going on? And and for me, I use that sometimes when I'm talking about porn to people, you know, to to because so many so many times people are telling me, but can people really change? Maybe there's something, you know, with porn that 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 men in particular that they kind of want this misogynistic perspective that that's kind of part of you know the porn experience. And I honestly don't believe that at all. I think that that is just part of how it has been, and that we have not opened up our eyes yet to to see it and I think that when when you go online if you listen to this interview with me for example the next time you go online to one of those tube sites and you suddenly read you know a tagline saying tiny teen is getting destroyed maybe that will be the first time when you react and say wow I don't want to be part of this and for me, that's that was really what happened with, with the food industry. That was, you know, the big change when I, I realized I don't want to be part of it. Wow. 
And you also have a cooking show right, coming out, I think. I saw Brett's on March 25th. <laughs> I don't know if it's necessarily a cooking show, I guess, working in adult, um, you know, indie film production. However, you do have one coming out, I believe, March 25th, isn't it? I have a short film for a project called X Confessions. The project is quite cool because the whole idea of it is that people from around the world are standing in their confessions, their fantasies, their sex stories, their ideas. Oh, I'd say that's and then exciting. what I do... Uh-huh. If you have any, you are more than welcome to Absolutely. send them to me. Uh, because then what I do with my team is we are, you know, reading all these confessions and then we pick the ones we like the most and we make short films out of it. So uh, this film uh, is a confession by a young, uh, young guy who are explaining that uh, he started to follow this woman on YouTube who was, you know, cooking. That's why it's called The Cooking Show. And uh, and he kind of got seduced, you know, by her and the idea of her. And she has kind of became his inspiration to his erotic mo- moments. And uh, then, yeah, I made a film out of it. And in the film, he gets kind of sucked into her world. Wow. Sounds Brilliant. Cool. Great fun. It's, but it's like, I think it's amazing also the fact that you're moving, like the, the concept of porn, as you said, is like fast food, whereas you're moving it into this, it's an art form. It's, it's part of the human experience, the erotic part of the shadows, which we tend to hide behind. Whereas what you're doing is you're kind of talking about it, that it, it can be beautiful. It can be, you know, ethical. It can be considered and very respectful. And it's something. And, and maybe I have one last thing, because I know uh, we'll wrap this up at some point, but like you've been at this for 17 years and I imagine it has not been easy because you are you are catalyzing a new conversation and I'm sure there's many allies working with you but I can't imagine it's been easy could you talk a little bit about that no of course it's it's been hard and it's still hard and you know this is this is uh, part of the stigma in general in working in adults which is always gonna be there you know we had as a company you know we had problems uh, with our banks we had to shift to another bank at one point time we have had problems with credit card companies and processors and 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 paypals and you know the whole world is kind of against adults and it's you know seen as a risk business so it's very difficult to 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 really to to make kind of a company out of this but at the same time there are the 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 personal implications you know as you said before how how did you tell your parents and how did they feel about it and is this something you know how do you tell this to people and 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 I again have to say that I am incredible, privileged and fortunate to live in Barcelona in a modern society where, you know, even when I brought my kids to school when they were, you know, beginning and 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 you started to have this conversation with other parents, you know, so oh, what, what are you doing? What are you into? And, and it felt a little scary, I have to admit. Uh, but I had the good luck of, of uh, one day my husband came home and he said he had a conversation with one of the moms and he had she had asked him, so what do you do? And he started, you know, the easy way. So we have a production company, you know, and obviously she didn't let him go. She pressured, so what kind of productions, you know, what are you doing? And then he started, well, you know, we're doing erotic films and kind of with an angle for women and, and, and then she said oh like Eric and Lust 
And he went, he went, it's like, my wife, you know, that's actually her. And then she came up as, you know, a big fan and she was saying, I love your films and this is great. And then she, she kind of introduced me to the whole bunch of other parents at the school. And, 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 you know, I, I'm very fortunate kind of with the experiences, but, but I also know that we wanted to rent a new, uh, a new office a few years ago for our company. And when we presented the company, they didn't want us, you know? So we, I, I mean, that's still the world we live in. Wow. Well, well done. You're, I, I admire what you do hugely. You're, and you're a remarkable voice. Your ability, your passion is like you can just feel it. And just your ability to articulate topics that people aren't talking about is beautiful. So I've, you're a great I, role model for your daughters. Yeah. Thank you. you. Well done. Yeah. Thank great work. And where can anyone listening find out more or check out your work? Well, they can come online to ericalas.com, Erica with a K. Uh, or they can come to our social media. Uh, we are around. And if they want to check out the cooking show, it will come up on xconfessions.com. And you're also in a Netflix documentary, which we watched a bit of. It was Hot Girls. Was it was called Hot Girls Wanted, I think it was called. Hot Girls Wanted, yeah. 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 <laughs> I've, I've been around a little. I'm also in, in an episode in, in uh, Black Mirror. Sometimes wow. people, you know, call me. They're like, wow, Erica, we saw your films in one black mirror. Wow, that's very cool. That's a very kind of zeitgeisty show. Edgy well. one. Wow, Erica. Fair Jeez, play. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Please come visit if you're ever over this side of the world. You know, we can we can share some plant-based food together and talk about the weather or something. <laughs> <laughs> or we can swim in the sea. We can swim in the and sea we can eat vegetables together. But uh, thank that you so great. much. But thanks a million. Keep doing your work and thanks for taking the time. Thank you very much. And thanks for spreading the word. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. Let's love. Bye-bye-bye. What an amazing, articulate, graceful lady. Like, just to, yeah. to, to talk with there. I just found that such a refreshing, such and, a... And I massively admire her bravery because it can't be easy. It really can't be. So, uh, well done, Erica Lust. Uh, hope th- you really, hope you really, really enjoyed this episode. Um, and if you do think it's a message that's important, please share it because I think we do need to destigmatize the sense of porn and that, as she said, porn isn't good or bad. It's, I think, the nature of the human is experienced that we do have an erotic side of ourselves and that, you know, it can be respected and it can be you know and particularly the fact that it's ne- it's very often being used as education for you know younger minds which I definitely don't think is the best anyway uh, this is part of our sex series so if you enjoyed this one we do have another bunch of episodes on this which we I think they're fantastic this is one of my most preferred series um, so I hope you do enjoy it yeah if you do have time please give a five star rating on Apple Podcasts it really does help and please share it and finally massive thanks to Shawnee Cahill and Sarah Fossett for producing this and finally finally, uh, finally we mentioned finally. at the start PPPS we mentioned the start we've got a Black Friday sale for our online courses our courses we've been doing for the last 10 years they get incredible results we partner with gastroenterologists dietitians cardiologists what's a gastroenterologist Dave? a good health doctor but really the whole idea we they originally started out from an idea of can a plant based diet here you and will it work and we tried it with heart disease and it was incredibly effective over four weeks where we measured people's cholesterol weight and blood pressure and it was really effective and then we found it it works the same with a 
with your gut problems and it works the same with your skin problems and we've partnered with all these experts and they're short four week courses and we've got 100 euro off them now so they're only 50 euro that's 66% off the offer will last for a couple of weeks so if you're interested do check that out and they can work great for a Christmas gift so you, you can, can buy, buy now and, and start later yeah so there we go Thanks anyway if you've lasted this far thank you thank you thank you thank you wishing yeah. you a wonderful no day no more asks see ya bye 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 bye, bye, bye.